Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 91. This week on the episode, I have a conversation with Kelly Barber of the band Wavebreak. Uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy this. I think you're going to enjoy Wavebreak as a musical project. Um, had a great conversation with Kelly and really dove into kind of the formation of the band, um, going through some lineup changes and things like that, and coming into this iteration of the band and what its, you know, kind of goal and and vision is. Uh, we also talked about new music, um, the state of music, kind of, um, and yeah, just had a really, really good time having a chat, and you know, I think I say this a lot on this podcast, but I think that Wavebreak needs to be on your radar. I think that they're so close to finding that breakout moment that is going to just flip a switch and they're going to take off and the sky's the limit. There's so many artists that Kelly mentions even um, who are kind of in the same vein in the sense of style of music and type of vocals and things like that, but it's not a super oversaturated portion of the music industry, and I think that's what's really going to set Wave Break apart, is that they're going to be able to kind of carve out their own little niche in this corner and really be able to just spotlight themselves um and like i said i really think it's just a matter of time so i want you guys to get them on your list now because i don't want to hear from you a year from now and being like man i wish we would listen to you you know like you had kelly on a year ago and now look at where they're at um i mean i do want to hear that because i want them to blow up and i want it to be super rad but at the same time uh, I don't want to have to tell you I told you so. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and dive in to my conversation with Kelly Barber of the band Wavebreak. Cool. Uh, so yeah, to start things off, I do start off with the same boring-ass question every time, though. And that's a simple <laughs> introduction. Uh, who you are, what you do in the band, and a little background on yourself. Yeah, so I'm Kelly. I play uh, guitar and sing in Wave Break. Um, and yeah, I started Wave Break like four years ago now and had some lineup changes after our debut EP came out a few years ago, but now putting out our second EP and now I'm solo and and rocking that solo life and seeing where things go. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I think that's important too for people to know like, it's okay when a band, for lack of a better term, falls apart. If they're mm -hmm. not invested in the music the same degree or the same level that you are, like, do you really want those people in enveloping your art, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I know a lot of bands actually, like, these days go through, like, a lot of lineup changes and stuff. And, like, a lot, there are also, like, a lot of bands these days that, heard that they have incomplete lineups i guess like you don't yeah. there are a lot of bands out there that don't have like the full lineup and i think that's just because it's really it's just really hard to find people who are on the same page as you and 
you also at the same time, it's really hard to find the right people, but at the same time, you want to keep things going and you want to keep chasing your dream. You know, you don't want to let it hold it, hold you back. So that's kind of where I am right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I, again, I think it's important because, you know, for, for listeners, I've talked to some other bands about this too, where like, you know, this is obviously something you want to do and that's something that you want to pursue. And I think so often, unfortunately, when friends are involved or, you know, kind of these acquaintances, it's like, well, I thought we were just going to be this, this jam band. Mm -hmm. No, I'm really trying to make something here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really can relate to that. Like, um, I, there have been issues, there have been times in the past with, uh, members that I've had where like, I guess we'd have different expectations. Um, they're like some people like I guess don't really know like what it's like what it's like to be in like a serious band so like oh there I've had times where like I like tell people like how much I've been spending on like marketing and stuff like that and and they see it and they're like oh that's a lot of money what are you doing like so like um it's just like people have like a lot of different expectations. And like you said, like once you bring new people into the band, you can also like have disagreements on like the direction of the band too. Um, So luckily I haven't had too much of an issue with like creative differences at least. But for me, in my experience, it's been mostly like, I guess, commitment level and, and what people were willing to do to make it like a serious um endeavor yeah for sure and you know even as nice as today's music scene is in the sense that you can be on spotify without much work you know like Mm -hmm. there's so much wide distribution of music so i think it kind of is a double-edged sword because a lot of people are like oh we can put our stuff on spotify we're going to get found we're just going to blow up immediately and it's like "Mm, not not really how it works you know um (laughs) And I I don't think, you know, to your point that they realize, like, especially as a DIY artist, like, we're footing the bill for marketing for any sort of press that we're doing for any recording studio time if we're going into an actual studio, like, that's that financial burden falls on the musicians. And I think a lot of times when people join, especially what they perceive as an established project, well, why should we have to contribute these things? And it's like, because you're part of this now, you know, like, yeah, you have to contribute to be a part. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, like a lot of bands, like, especially when they first start, like, they don't realize that, like, you have to put in, like, the, you have to invest in your career. Like, you can't just expect to put music up there and, like, make it big. Like, you have to, like, you have to put money into marketing. You have to put money into your image. You have to put money into your sound and get like a good producer and everything. Like there's some people say like you should be spending like three times more than what you spent on your song and video like on marketing. Obviously that's a lot and not everyone has that, but like that's right. the, there's like, it's a good like, I guess, rule of thumb to like keep in mind how much you really need to be spending in this industry in order to make it. So a lot of people don't seem to understand that. And then like they, I guess they don't want to, they get scared and they, they, they feel like they have to like sacrifice 
their the way they live for wait i think i might have just lost you <laughs> are you still there <laughs> I lost you for a second. Uh, it's all good. I thought it might have been me, so I moved to a different spot. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if it, it may be a combination of it. But, um, so, yeah, like, I think to your point, like, a lot of people, like you said, like, join in and hang on. It is my connection. Let me switch. I've got two networks here. Let me switch networks real quick. Okay. All right, let's give that a shot. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, to your point, like people join in with flawed views of like how much effort it takes mm -hmm. being a DIY band, you know, like mm -hmm. there's obviously a point where you do get discovered and a label come some of the bill and stuff like that. But there's a lot of fucking work that goes into getting there. Yeah, like until you get to that point, like if you ever get signed, you're you are basically your own record label. Like you have to foot the bill for all of that stuff that that you need as a band, and it gets expensive very quickly. And a lot of people just don't realize that it's literally like investing in like starting up a business. Like it's literally yeah. the same thing. So a lot of people just aren't willing to like change their lifestyle in order to make it work. So. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think that's a, a pretty telling sign, too, is when, like, obviously, starting out, you're going to have work conflicts and stuff where the day job gets in the way or whatever. Yeah. But, like, when it's, hey, we've got the opportunity to go play this show, and it's a Saturday night, and none of us have to work, and then you have people that are like, yeah, but, you know, like, yeah. I was thinking about doing this, and it's like, okay, but we could go play a show, like, you understand what that means right yeah <laughs> yeah and also like like all it also goes for like scheduling practices and stuff like a lot of bands like a lot of people they they think like oh it's just band practice like it's okay if i can't make it but like no you, you gotta make time for band practice if you really want to make headway as as a band like i remember um a couple years ago when um i had like my last um full lineup um i ended up having to um, I guess kick out a couple of people because they weren't making time for practice. Like we had gone like three, we, we had just came back on like a small, like long weekender type thing in like April that year. And then like three months passed and I still was not able to get them to like get everyone in the same room for a practice. Like, so like, obviously which is a long time and like obviously if you're not making time for that kind of stuff like how do you expect to be a band like how do you expect to write music how do you expect to like get better and play shows like we, we weren't able to schedule any shows all of a sudden either because this person had had their schedule all booked up so i'm like cool like we've done nothing for like what, the last three months so like i'm not okay with this so <laughs> yeah and i think uh maybe what a lot of people don't understand too is band practice a that's where you guys really get to like find your synergy and find out like exactly how you all click and things like that but it also helps develop the live show because it's like 
while we're practicing, if you want to fuck around with a new guitar riff, go for it. Let's see what happens, mm -hmm. you know, and then maybe that gets incorporated into a live show. And, you know, if you're lucky, obviously, like maybe a label's A&R guys there and goes, oh, shit, they're onto something here. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to test that stuff first at a show. Like so many things can go wrong. Right. <laughs> And especially like with it, like a new piece of gear, like you want to test it out of yeah. practice first. You don't want to bring it out like at a show first, because if it malfunctions, then then you're in big trouble. So Yeah, and, like I do photography on the side as well. So like concert photography, but also like weddings and all that stuff. And I just recently upgraded cameras, but same thing. Like I knew I had a concert to go shoot soon, but I was like, hmm. I'm going to go out and do a regular photo shoot with these new cameras so that I know exactly what settings I need to mess with, mm -hmm. like make sure everything's working and comfortable because like you said, like testing that new gear. And then if I would have been in the photo pit and something goes wrong, like, Oh no, what do I do? You know, like, how do I fix this or whatever? Same thing on stage. You know, if you've got a new amp head or, you know, pedal mm -hmm. board, like, what if something's not set the way you thought it was set and like all of a sudden you step on a pedal and that's not the sound that you meant for that to have <laughs> yeah exactly like you, you you really need to test that stuff out and you also need to make sure that like especially with pedals and stuff and like you need to also make sure like you've practiced actually using them because i've gone i've had shows <laughs> admittedly where like I've like forgotten to turn a certain pedal off at the right time or stuff like that. So like, you want to make sure you get that stuff down. Like you need the practice time to make sure like everything's down pat before you actually play that show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially like loop pedals and distortion pedals, right? Like those are the two culprits all the time where it's like, okay, we're going to start the next song. Oh shit. Like yeah. that's not the right pedal to be on. <laughs> yeah. Like I've had times where I was supposed to like start, um like i had like the end of a song that i had my distortion turned off and then the next song starts with the distortion back on and then i forget to turn it back on for the next song like, oh crap like <laughs> it's definitely something like realistically you need to get down like at a practice at practices before you get to the show point <laughs> yeah for sure um so let's talk through you know we've talked about the lineup changes the i think it's a perfect segue into your new ep is called uh and you know whether it was intentionally named that for finding the right puzzle pieces or not i think it's a, a fun play there that it is important to find those puzzle pieces not just within the band but you know to our point earlier about knowing the right marketing people and the right show promoters to get you that exposure um mm -hmm. so let's dive into to the new ep it's coming out in as of the day we're recording this about a month away mm -hmm. um so how was the writing process for this one because this all happened over covid year right yeah so i actually had most of the songs written as of like right before covid and then i was finishing up like a few more like towards the beginning of covid and was demoing them out but yeah like this uh album um it was a little different because I was solo for this one. So the, the last EP, um, the band had started out with like a full lineup. So it was a little different, but this one, um, I pretty much for all the songs, I wrote the skeleton of the songs, like the chord progressions, like the, all the rhythm guitar parts, um, the melodies, the lyrics, all that, and then demoed it out with my producer. 
And then once all the songs were demoed out, then we took them all into the studio and recorded them all together. So it was a it, it was a very like natural process. It actually went a lot smoother than I was expecting because um like every, all the songs came together like very naturally and quickly at, once we got to the point of actually like demoing them out and recording them. So it it was a very like I guess easy process. So okay. Yeah. And so for someone like yourself you know, where maybe drums aren't necessarily your forte. How does that work for you when you're building a song solo and going, okay, do I, do I think I know what, you know, drums I want, or is it, I'm going to write like skeleton and then we'll fill in what needs to fit there. Yeah. I think, um, I'm a very, like, I guess, very like rhythmic rhythm guitar player. So like, um, like when I'm writing, I have like a basic idea of like what, I usually have like a basic idea of like what the drums are going to sound like if it's going to be like a more foot stompy beat or if it's going to be halftime or something like that. Yeah. So I usually have like a general idea of what's going to fit there. And then um, my producer who was helping me with this EP, he'll kind of like fill in like all the fills and stuff and and do and all that fun stuff. So um, he'll kind of like help like really polish that part of it up. So like I generally have like a very basic understanding of drums I guess so like it I can so like I can uh generally like picture in my head what it should sound like but then my producer really helps it helps bring it to life yeah and I I think you know it's just interesting because you also have those artists where like the drummer is kind of the one that sets the groundwork initially mm -hmm. and they build a song on top of it but then when you don't have a drummer you're not as versed in drumming it's like okay well mm -hmm. I know I'm going to be singing along with the guitar. So I'm really more worried about that. And somebody mm -hmm. else can play to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's basically how like wave break songs come to be. Like I pretty much just write the skeleton and then like everything else like fits around it. So that's kind of like, that's pretty much how it goes. Right, right. <laughs> Everyone else plays to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's working for you though, right? Like it's one of those things it also makes, I think, more authentic music for you because you're not going, okay, this is what I have to make this sound like. It's, this is what I'm going to sound like because it's what works and what I feel. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, authenticity breeds creativity. Um, and I think you could probably attest to that where it's great to have extra members, right? It's great mm -hmm. to have the full band and, and get additional input. But to our point earlier, when some of the conflicts happening or they just don't agree with the sound, it's like, okay, but we're not just going for just radio play for the sake of radio play. Like, yeah, if we don't love what we're doing, why are we doing it? Yeah, exactly. Like the, the very first thing that I'm trying to accomplish with this is just to make music that I like. And then if everyone else likes it, then, then that's great. But like, if I'm making music that I don't like, then like, like like you said like what's the point like i'm i'm not like if i'm making music that i don't like then i'm not going to enjoy like the process of making it and the songs are going to end up coming out sounding very inauthentic and soulless i guess so it, it you really need to like love what you're doing and the direction you go in and then when you have other people come in it's really important that you're like on the same page and you all love what you're doing and if you're like having creative differences like that that's when like the songs end up like 
going towards one way or the other and then not everyone's going to be happy with it and then it starts to I guess go down that inauthentic feeling (laughs) yeah and I mean I've talked to to a lot of artists you know both new and quote-unquote old artists where like sometimes it, it can happen even though it's authentic music but like when you're playing a song that you don't relate to anymore or that maybe you never related to it's not going to come through you know like mm-hmm. you might as well just be in the bar singing karaoke because there's no real emotion or or connection to that song mm-hmm. and i i think that translates over to the fan side too is they can tell when this is like you know oh shit she's really into this versus okay you know she's she's mm-hmm. singing a song it's nothing major yeah like I can totally relate to that like for example like I would never want to play live any of the songs that I wrote in high school because I can't relate to them anymore (laughs) if I were to try and sing those live like it wouldn't it would not sound good because I just wouldn't connect to those songs anymore like I'm not anywhere close to the same person I was in high school so like yeah like you need to have like that personal connection to what you're playing like that's really important yeah and I think you know I made a, a bold statement a while back that uh, on the podcast where talking about fans of, of longtime bands like Newfound Glory celebrating 20 years, Silverstein, you know, these bands that have been around forever. And even if you want to go like Metallica, Kiss, whoever, like at some point, we have to stop asking them to play that first album because they've grown up, you know, like yeah. Newfound Glory is not the kids that wrote sticks and stones you know like that's just not going to happen yeah Um, obviously they still play a lot of those but like so they're probably a bad example but I guess the point is like they're not 19 years old anymore Mm -hmm. so uh, obviously the new album is going to sound different same for you like you're Mm -hmm. not in high school anymore Mm -hmm. the songs and the the content and just the emotion that's tied to them is not the emotion anymore yeah like like nowadays like I'm I'm writing like a lot more like 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 I guess deep like mental health kind of stuff and stuff that's going wrong in my now like adult life whereas when I was a teenager I was writing very cringe like pop songs about like the boy that I liked in class or something and I'm like I don't want to sing that like I can I can relate to like how like like certain bands like they like you said like they don't want to play like their some of their old music like live like it, they're not the same people and I and I understand like if they play like a few to make their fans happy but like we can't expect them to like keep especially we can't expect them to keep making the same kind of music that they were making when they were younger like yeah they clearly don't connect to it so like it, they need to do what makes them happy yeah and I I think you know I bring these guys up way too often I need to try to get them on the show but this is a far reach for even me but Bring Me the Horizon, I think, is a great example of that. Like, they never stop experimenting. Like, no album sounds the same. Mm. And f- fans are either, like, super supportive of that or they hate them for it. But I think kind of to our point here is if they're not doing what makes them happy and what's helping them grow, then why are they doing it, you know? And as a fan, are you really a fan if you want that same stuff from 20 years ago? You know, like... yeah. Did yeah, you like, grow up in this time? Like, what happened? Yeah, exactly. Like, if a band, like, starts going in a direction that you don't like, then instead of, like, complaining about it and being, like, like you, they should go back to this, like, other sound that they had on this album, like, 
find another band that has the sound that you like and listen to them. That might mean more to this band than it does to this band, you know? So like, there's so much music out there. Like if one band starts doing something you don't like, then start listening to another band, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, Spotify is great for that. If you scroll down on any artist page, it shows like sounds like, or fans also listen to, and it's like, you could go there and find mm -hmm. somebody else that probably sounds like what you want it to sound like. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so back to your your new uh, release that's coming up. You've had a couple singles come off of, come off of it already. Um, let's talk a little bit about manic dreams. Like you said, mm -hmm. you're you're a little more mental health oriented to some degree now. A um, mm -hmm. little more adult problem versus teeny bopper crush um so what's it what's it like kind of using your your art as a therapy because manic dreams i think is one of those that it's very clearly a therapy song to some extent yeah so it's the transition for me kind of just happened naturally because i've always like just wrote about what was on my mind so i guess naturally as i got older i've shifted more to this like more serious kind of adult direction but it's definitely different because it's a lot deeper and more personal, I guess. Like, it's, like these songs, like they go a lot deeper into like what I'm thinking than like the songs I wrote when I was in high school about like the, this crush I had or whatever. But like, it can be scary sometimes writing about stuff like that. But I mean, it's very worth it when you hear that it's like helped someone or something like that. Like this song, Manic Dreams, I wrote, it was about like a stalker that I had for a little bit for like a few years um, and then kind of feeling a little bit helpless because at one point I had gone to the police and they said they couldn't do anything about it. And I really wanted to like figure out a way to make it stop. So like I kind of wrote the song as a way to of like taking my power back and like telling myself that I'm, I'm going to find a way to to make it stop and kind of like yeah. something to help me like power through the situation. So writing that kind of stuff is tougher but it's totally worth it knowing that that's the kind of stuff that can really help people with with something that's going on in their life yeah yeah and especially you know in today's age and i don't think you're you're guilty of this at all but like unfortunately sometimes mental health topics are seen as trendy right like mm -hmm. oh they're only talking about this because you know this is going on or, or but i think the importance is the level of visibility that mental health has and and especially the empowerment like you're saying you know unfortunately stalkers are real you know mm -hmm. no matter what gender or whatever but like at some point we have to be able to stand up and say look you know this isn't gonna isn't going it's going to affect me but i'm not gonna let it hold all the power over me anymore and mm -hmm. i think that's you know to talk back about manic dreams i think that's where that's at is like almost that anthem of okay yes this this is a real thing and it's happening mm -hmm. i still control my life and it's still yeah. my my life to live yeah it's def it definitely is one of those songs that has like that like empowerment kind of feeling so so i really uh hope that helps people you know so hopefully um it definitely helped me get through it because i kind of i wrote the song when um or like a, a few years ago, it was one of the first ones I wrote for the EP. And uh, I wrote it like when it was still kind of going on. And then um, it actually, in the last year or so, the situation kind of subsided. So it helped me, definitely helped me get through it. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, most recently, 
tug of war just dropped about two and a half, three weeks ago now. Uh, what kind of response are you seeing, you know, through social media, obviously Spotify analytics and all that, which is the nerdy side of music, but what's it been like seeing, you know, your kind of this EP as you release the singles, seeing it build on top of itself as it grows? Yeah, so I was a little bit nervous about like rolling out some of these singles because this EP is definitely a little bit leaning more towards the alternative rock side of things, whereas the last one was more like pop punk. Um, so I was a little bit nervous that like people weren't going to like it as much because some of these songs aren't quite as like upbeat as what was on the last EP. Um, but so far, the response has been really good. So it seems like people are liking it. Um, so definitely makes me feel a lot better about that. So hopefully uh, going forward with the with the EP, it'll, it'll be the same thing. So, yeah. And I, I think it it's one of those kind of like what we just talked about with Bring Me the Horizon, right? Like now that there's not necessarily a set band with you, it's really finding the sound that works for you and what is authentic. And I think pretty much every artist goes through it. I mean, that's why there's a lot of times that sophomore slump album for a lot of people, because, you know, the example I use all the time is at the disco, that first album blew up. And then their second album came out and people were like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> this is not what we expected. And yeah. I think, but I think it's, it's that growth. Right. And yeah. this is that too, where not saying that you won't go back to that pop punk sound or, or anything, but I think mm -hmm. it's that these topics are a little heavier on this EP. Yeah. So it's, it needs to be a little bit heavier and a little edgier for the music that, that fits those words. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that was a big part of what made this EP sound like, like so much darker than the last one was just because the subject matter is so much darker. Like when, when I'm writing, like I'm not, I don't usually like try to push any of the songs to sound like in sound like any particular way. I kind of just write and see what comes out. So um, yeah, like that's kind of just the way the songs came out and um how and that's kind of why the EP started started showing started sounding a lot darker and uh who knows maybe for the next one um if I'm in a better place mentally it'll it'll sound more upbeat like the first one but right. yeah like the, it, it was just where I was at the time of writing and recording this this EP so yeah and I, I think you know for this is gonna sound bad for real fans for real listeners uh real fans of music whatever like I think it's very easy for most people to listen to that first album, that first EP and go, okay, you know, like I get all this. And then to hear this go, oh, wow, like some shit happened, you know, like that's, that makes sense. And then even if the next one is back to more of a pop feel or a pop punk, like, okay, things got better. And you know, storytelling throughout the albums and, and the artist's career is really what it's all about anyway. Yeah, like writing these songs is basically like having a diary, basically, and like showing everybody like what's in my diary, like putting these songs out. So like it, it quite literally is like literally like putting like literally like publishing my diary. Yeah. So, like it's basically like a story of like like what's happening in my life. So like I'm I if I'm like struggling mentally, I'm not gonna like I'm probably not gonna put out like a super upbeat like 
poppy song. Like I'm going to write about what I'm dealing with and it's going to end up sounding darker, you know? So, um, so I guess we'll see what happens next. (laughs) Right. Right. But I, I think that's a cool way to look at it is, is the diary thing, because I know for me personally, like music is such a, a heavy part of my life that like, I can hear a song on Spotify or whatever and be like, oh yeah, I remember this was going on when I first heard this song or, you know what I mean? It ties all those memories in. And Hmm. so like your point, this is a kind of that diary for, for you, but then the beauty of music is other people are going to hear those songs at the right time in their Hmm. life and go, wow, you know, this is where my connection is or whatever. Hmm. Um, And I just think that's, that's one of those beautiful things about music, right? Like mm-hmm. the power that it has to connect emotion and, and thoughts and kind of cement moments in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I have that all the time when I'm listening to like some of my favorite artists, like, I've, like, for example, like Jimmy world, like I didn't find out about them until like my senior year of high school. So I found out about them pretty late, but um, like when I listen to like some of their albums, like I get taken back to like walking on campus my freshman year of college, like when I was like really diving into their stuff, like, like I literally like have like visions of being back there. So like, it's like literally for like, for like pretty much anything I listen to, like I, I'm taken back to like when I first heard it, like, um, or when I was listening to it on repeat, like same thing with Avril Lavigne, like <laughs> when she first came out and she, she had her first album. Um, I had that album and I had like a little boom box in my room and I would literally like sit there listening to it for hours and like looking through like the artist booklet, the, the art booklet and stuff like that. Like, like it literally like always takes me back to like a moment in time in my life. And, and yeah, like I really hope my music does that some of that for other people too. And, you know, reminds them of like points in time in their life and also helps them get through certain points in their life too. So yeah, and I, I think that's the the part that obviously, like, you're not writing it specifically with this goal, but, like, to have your music tied to somebody's life in a moment that, you know, struggling or whatever, and then for them to be able to listen to it later and go, man, that's really cool. I got through everything that I was going through, and mm-hmm. this music is what helped me get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I've definitely had... Um moments where like for example Jimmy World like they helped me get through some points in my life where I was uh like going through some shit so so yeah like if if my music can do that for somebody else I think that's that's really awesome and like I've pretty much like I'll feel very accomplished if that happens so right <laughs> right and I mean you know the measure of success is is different for every person right some mm-hmm. people are, are purely in it for the get me wrong obviously money's great but at the same time like I do this podcast and then I've got one called musicians for mental health and I've said on that one specifically like my goal with that podcast is not to get famous off of it or anything it's to help one person Mm -hmm. in their life get through something that they're struggling with and Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of artists that same thing is very true Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like, like, like you said, like money's nice. Like I would love to like eventually get to the point where like music is at the very least like self-sustaining, like it, like, like the money that I need to put into it is what I'm making out of it. Like that would be very nice and I wouldn't have to really worry about funding it, but like, um, but yeah, like, like my measure of success really 
I would love to do some cool things with my band, like tour some cool places, play some cool venues and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if my music is making a difference in somebody else's life, then what more can I ask for? You know, like everything else is kind of, it's, it's, it's nice, but it's kind of just vanity in a way. So like, so yeah, if my music does help someone, then, then I'll be very happy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, so often people get caught up because of the world we live in now with Instagram likes, you know, Spotify mm -hmm. plays, whatever. And it's, again, it's nice. Okay, cool. Something hit a million likes or, or whatever. But at the same time, like, even if it's only a couple thousand people or a hundred thousand people, but 1% of them came to you and was like, Hey Kelly, this music really fucking helped me out. Mm. Cool. I don't give a shit about anything else. Right. You know, like, yeah, that's like, huge. Yeah. Like if that happened to me, like, like that would mean more to me than getting like a hundred thousand streams on a song or something like, like, yeah, the streams are nice, but like at the end of the day, like what good are those streams if like people are just passively listening and they aren't really like loving it, you know? So like if one person listens to it and loves it and, and it helps them with something and then, then that's more than I could ever ask for. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Totally understand. Um, so the next question I've got for you is kind of a bold question. And I have to check your episode is going to go live. <laughs> The, I believe Wednesday the 13th, I believe, is the right date. Um, so anything you can't divulge, you know, before that, you know, we'll pass that bridge, I guess. But uh, off of this new EP, would you say is your favorite song and has the most impact to you? I my my personal favorite song is definitely stop the car just because it's the most upbeat feeling one and it's also very emotional because it's kind of like a summary of everything that's on the EP like all the other songs are like about specific things that went wrong in my life and then stop the car is kind of just like the song that goes like everything's going wrong in my life I can't take it anymore and make it stop kind of thing yeah. so like it, it, I kind of wrote it when I was like at a very low point in my life and um it really means a lot to me because of that um but i do think that some other songs have like um a more powerful message in terms of what it's about because of just because of the subject matter like you said like like um manic dreams being about like stalking and stuff which which is kind of some heavy stuff so um in terms of like what has the most impact to me that's a hard question to answer because they're they're they all mean a lot to me and they helped me get through some stuff but um stop the car is definitely like my favorite of the of the ep just because of the energy behind it and how much fun of a song it is <laughs> right, right um so obviously with being diy we've already talked about the financial burden that that comes along with that mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things in a perfect world obviously you'd have a music video for every song and you know life would be great uh realistically what's kind of your plans for that moving forward is there plans or hopes to obviously produce a a video or two or are you just kind of let the music live for itself for now and we'll see what happens yeah so actually uh the all the singles have music videos um uh, chemical burn manic dreams tug of war and stop the car um 
but yeah, like I would love to like do music videos for like every single one of my songs. My last EP, there was only one music video. Um, and I would love to do music videos for the rest of the songs in this one too. Um, if that happens, it'll probably be like well after the EP release and kind of just be like a, a thing just kind of, that's kind of nice to have, I guess. Right. But as of now, there aren't any more plans for these particular songs. Um, so going forward, I think the next, the plans for music videos are going to be for like new music beyond this EP. Yeah. So. Awesome. Um, so now that COVID's, you know, lightening up, uh, thank God, right? And live music starting to come back and, and things like that. Uh, what are your goals or hopes between now and let's say the end of the year, as far as obviously you want to get out and do kind of like an EP release show. Is there, is there hopes or any, anything you're allowed to talk about in the works as far as long weekends or, or short run tours? Um, yeah, so I'm in the process of planning a couple things. Most of it's for like after New Year's. Um, but yeah, like definitely working on getting that put together. Um, I've been admittedly a little bit late in planning it just because of being solo and having to figure out the lineup thing first before I really like go into booking it. But um, finishing up like trying to work that stuff out and now kind of really starting to think about like planning those shows. So most of it's going to be after new year's but there is going to be like a little like ep release weekender or two or something like that and other weekenders and stuff after that so there definitely will be more shows most of it being after new year's awesome uh, so let's say in an ideal dream world uh you get to plan your own tour and for people that aren't familiar with you you've already kind of shared the stage with some pretty big people uh, Boys of Fall, Nick Thomas from the Spill Canvas, Secrets, uh, Kulik. Who are some bands that you're like, you know, we can do either the Fever Dream, you know, like, oh my God, it'd be amazing, or like even the realistic, like, man, we just gel and I think this would be great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd love to play eventually with like any of my like influences, like Avril or Paramore or the Foo Fighters or Jimmy World or any of those but like um as far as like smaller acts like I guess um the band in her own words I really love is one of my favorite like medium-sized pop punk bands I guess that I would love to perform with so um next time they come around in Jersey hopefully I'll be able to jump on that show but uh or even one day tour with them but uh, would love to do something with them at some point and maybe even at some point like with the band like against the current um, I think like our musical styles would probably gel pretty well so like I definitely think uh, that would be pretty cool I really love their last EP that came out so those two are are definitely like high up on my list I think awesome um, so as things start to unfold you know the EP's coming out um what kind of, yes, how do I make this not sound like a cash grab? What would be great for fans to do to support you as this EP comes out? You know, like, obviously, I always tell people buying merch is obviously super cool. Mm -hmm. But it's free to just share the shit out of Apple, Spotify, whatever, and make yeah. your friends listen to it. Yeah, like 
Yeah, like buying merch is is definitely cool. Like I'm working on getting some new merch designs ready now. So um, that's definitely cool. If, if anybody can swing it and purchase it, I would definitely be endlessly grateful for that. But like, even like you said, like just streaming the songs and sharing it with people and kind of just, I guess, hyping up White Brick stuff and like sharing it with people and getting the word out. That's super helpful because as like a, a small band, like it's tough to reach people. So like any help with like sharing stuff and, and like telling friends and stuff is, is so, so helpful. So if they yeah. can do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell people all the time on this podcast, like normally in my little outro, but like the importance of hitting that follow button on Spotify specifically, because that's what I use. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think people fully understand the nerd side of, of Spotify. That mm -hmm. follow button matters so much when it comes to analytics and how your, your page gets viewed and where your songs start showing up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it, it costs nothing. You can mm -hmm. follow as many artists as you want. Mm -hmm but it helps them so much, especially in a stage where, you know, like does all time low need everybody to follow them? Probably not, you know, mm -hmm. like they're yeah. pretty much set, yeah. but bands, you know, like yourself and even up to like against the current and concrete castles and in her own words, like there's so many artists that deserve so much more attention. Yeah. All it takes is you sharing that song and hitting the follow button yeah. for them to start creeping up and like then at Spotify, they start seeing that stuff and they're like, oh, wow, you know, this girl's onto something. Let's check her out. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, you're on one of their curated playlists and it blows yeah. up. Yeah. Like it's so important doing those small things on Spotify these days. That's why like bands are like basically begging for pre-saves and stuff now. Like it's so important to get those pre-saves so like so that people like hear your music when it comes out and then like hopefully you get a decent amount of streams on the first day and then get added to an editorial playlist or something like that. Like all that little stuff is like, so, so important. And I feel like a lot of people don't really understand that. And they're just like, Oh, like I'll remember to check it out on release day, but then they don't. And then they forget. So like, like it's, it's, it's so important to like show support on Spotify with, with like following and pre-saving and stuff like that these days. Yeah. Yeah. And I've brought it up a few times on here the people that are, oh, I'll remember to, you know, check it out when it comes out. Mm -hmm. There are 60,000 songs every single day pushed to Spotify. Mm -hmm. You're not going to remember who the hell you thought you were going to listen to. Yeah, like every, like every week and every day, like I'm seeing so much stuff with like new music coming out. Like I can't even, I can't even keep up and I'm like super into music. <laughs> so like, like I, I it's, it's impossible if you don't like, follow the ones that you really want to follow and hit pre-save and stuff like you gotta like do that in order to re remember to check stuff out so and then when people don't and like small bands like us they kind of like they fall back into i guess oblivion like we, we people forget about us because like we get pushed down in algorithms and stuff so um it's so so important yeah and i i mean i was just talking to a buddy even before like the spotify days really like even back in the day when those little like sampler CDs would come out, mm -hmm. and, you know, we'd listen to like drive through records and all these awesome samplers. And then literally, literally the other day we were listening to Spotify driving somewhere 
and a band called Houston Calls came on and we're like, oh shit. Like both of us are like, man, I wish they would have stuck around. I wish they would have, you know, blown up. And it's like, are we kind of at fault for that? Did we ever go buy their album? You know, and yeah. it's the same thing nowadays. Like, did I take the two seconds to pre-save this EP or to hit follow and just make sure I know when the new music's coming out? Mm. Yeah, like it's, yeah, like you said, like it's kind of like the same thing as like back then. Like if you don't like, buy the album you might forget to later so like now it's like if you don't pre-save you're probably going to forget to you might forget to listen later so like yeah. it's yeah. <laughs> yeah um i think that's everything i've got for you kelly so let's do kind of this fun question with okay. the, the musical sound that you've been going through and everything if you were to take your music and put it into a tv show what tv show do you think your music would fit into oh that's an interesting question um I don't know if I know how to answer this but like um I do love I mean I obviously love Breaking Bad because like our music our song Chemical Burn was based off of Breaking Bad so like it might fit it might have Breaking Bad back in the day I don't know but maybe (laughs) um Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how else to answer this, but I guess my answer would be Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, that that totally makes sense to me. I was thinking, uh, like you said, with um, Stop the Car, like, or even Manic Dreams, I guess, 13 Reasons Why, I think, you know, mm-hmm. obviously there's oh, yeah. a mental health connection too, but like, I really think just the vibe and the emotion that's behind those two songs would, would power a mm-hmm. scene a little further. Um mm-hmm. But, you know, who knows, you know, that's one of those things, too, for people that are listening, when your bands start blowing up, they do get asked to do cool shit like that. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Maybe that's the <laughs> next step for you. Yeah, I got I to gotta start thinking about that and start, like, moving into, like, sync places and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think for certain reasons why it makes a ton of sense. So anything, like, mental health focused, I think, would be perfect for the CP. Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, I'm going to link everything and, and share everything, but... Where can fans follow you? What can they expect from you when it comes to like social media and things like that? Yeah, so we're on pretty much every major social media site. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm pre- I I tweet pretty regularly. So like, if you can follow my personal stuff too, I'm tweeting from like both accounts fairly regular fairly regularly, trying to get more into TikTok, <laughs> um, and then. Yeah, and Facebook kind of like faded away, but you you it might help. You might see our stuff on there if you follow us. Who knows? But definitely like definitely follow us wherever you can, and then you'll you'll keep updated on new music. So, awesome. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. I've already listened to the EP a couple times because Hope you know hooked me up and and got me that. But um, <laughs> I think for a lot of fans or listeners, if if any of the bands that you named in her own words, against the current, um, concrete castles, like there's so many, obviously, and I hate to use the term female fronted because it shouldn't matter, but Mm -hmm. you know, like any of that type of emotional rock is exactly where you fit. Um, Mm -hmm. and I hate to put you in a box, but for this EP, that that's it. But I think it fits so well. And I think it's that authenticity that we talked about earlier. So I really want people to to sit down and give it a straight playthrough. I think that's always the way that you need to go through an album. It's set up that way for a reason. 
Um, give it that straight playthrough, and then you can jump around and find your favorite song. Uh, but let's do this. So after they listen to this episode and they go check out your your EP, which will drop, you know, roughly two weeks after this goes live, I want them to either tweet you, Instagram or whatever, and hashtag what their favorite song was and hashtag uh, YMTS for You Make the Scene. Um, just because I want to see, like, hopefully we can get some buzz around it. But yeah, again, I'm, I'm stoked for you. I think that you're on the right path. Um, and I, I'm excited for some new stuff. Like I admittedly hadn't heard much of the first EP before Hope had, uh, hit me up. So now it's like, okay, well now I want more, you know, like now it's, it's that problem of, okay, but she's only got two EPs. I need more stuff. Like, come on. (laughs) I'm going to have to get on that new music line soon after this EP drops. (laughs) Right. Right. Awesome, Kelly. I appreciate your time. Um, like I said, this will go up in about two weeks from us talking. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'll be sure and hopefully get some pre-saves for you. Hell yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you so, so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Awesome. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Okay. Okay. Thanks. You too. Bye. Awesome. Bye. And that was my conversation with Kelly Barber of the band Wave Break. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Uh, Like I said, I had a lot of fun talking to Kelly, um, getting to know more about Wave Break as a whole. I just fairly recently found out about them. Um, And yeah, you know, as always, it's really cool to speak with the front person of a band or a band in general who is really emerging on the scene and be able to kind of see where their vision is and what the direction the direction that they want to go and their goals and then you know to link up with them again down the road and see a lot of that stuff realized or you know maybe some of those goals changed and things like that it's just it's a really cool feeling and i think with kelly and wave break uh what's going to end up happening is here probably I'm going to say in a year, uh, we're going to see that, you know, they've really pumped out a lot of new music, that they've just blown up on the fan base and things like that. I think people are not really prepared for how good Wave Break is going to be. Um, And that's not me just trying to blow smoke or, or whatever, you know, to, to fluff up this conversation at all, I think that there's a potential within this this niche of, of the music genre, of the music industry, whatever you want to call it, that is untapped. And for those of you that are assuming I just mean female-fronted rock or whatever, that's not the case. Um... I think what Kelly's bringing to the table with Wavebreak is a new version of this raw emotional storytelling rock slash pop punk at times slash whatever. Um, And it's a place that I talk about a lot where Authenticity breeds creativity and loyalty of a fan base. 
And I think that Kelly is absolutely 100% authentic with the music that she writes and the stories that she's telling. And it's just a matter of the right people hearing it at the right time for her to just absolutely explode. Um, As always, all of the socials are linked in the description of this podcast, so make sure that you head over and give Wavebreak a like, a subscribe, a follow, um, and do all of that on Spotify or Apple Music, Amazon, whatever you listen to for your streaming platform. That stuff is hugely beneficial for their visibility as well there. Um, That's what helps get them noticed by a lot of, you know, playlist curators and things like that. So if you like what you heard, if you like the music that Wave Break's putting out, it's absolutely free to subscribe or to like or follow them. So make sure you do that so that you can show that support. Um, And yeah, I once again want to tell Kelly I appreciate her time. Um, This was a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to, as I said at the beginning even, to come back around in about a year and just see how far things have gone. And I think I think there's going to be a lot of people uh, maybe that are currently sleeping on wave break that are going to be surprised. So that's everything I've got for you guys this week. Um, we will do a song to take you out as we do normally. Um, and I think what we're going to do is we are going to take you out with Stop the Car, which is Wave Break's newest single. And I want you guys to think about this conversation as you listen to this song, um, because obviously there's a lot of meaning behind it. So as always, guys, remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, And you make the scene.